Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, I'm happy to welcome Wendy Wilson back to Great Loop Radio. Wendy, of course, is a gold looper, um, I guess going on platinum, working on that second time around with the rest of the Wilson family. And the topic today is actually something that was suggested by one of our listeners. We're going to talk about what to do with some of the things that you're leaving behind, like your home and your cars and things like that. And when we had a listener suggest that, I immediately went to Wendy because she and her husband Bobby have presented about this topic at our, I think both at our fall and spring rendezvous in the past. Um, so we will be so. talking with Wendy. Um, I do want to take just a quick moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Benito, Curtis Stokes, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Wendy Wilson is coming to us from the beautiful Florida Keys today. Hi, thanks, Kim. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, and congratulations on being in the Keys for the winter. Um, this is your second <laughs> winter in the Keys, right? Actually, this is our fourth winter wow. here. Wow, nice. Oh, crazy. And you are, t remind me which key you're at. Um, we're on Marathon right now. We'll be here till the end of February, and then we're heading down to Key West, and then we're going to take some little side trips, go up to the Everglades. and um, But, yeah, right now we're at Marathon. Wonderful. And, and for those of you who don't know the Wilsons, they are cruising the loop and beyond with their four daughters, so a family of six out on the loop. And we love our looper kids, so I hope all the girls are doing well. They are. They're doing really well, loving the the sunshine. <laughs> A lot better than Ohio snow. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so as I mentioned in the intro, we had a listener who suggested this topic, and that kind of got me to thinking and talking with some of the others here at the Homeport crew, and we have opened up an email address specific to this podcast. So very simply, it is podcast at greatloop.org, and if you, anybody who's listening, if you have any suggestions Please send them our way for topics. But we also think that there's probably some questions that many listeners have that may not warrant a full podcast about. So we plan to collect those questions and on a regular basis, once a month or so, just take some time to answer the questions that all of our listeners send in. And that can be general questions about the Great Loop or it can be follow-up questions for some of our speakers that we can kind of go and collect the answers from them and then report back to all of you on those questions and answers. So podcast at greatloop.org. I think the hardest part for us about producing this podcast is coming up with topics. So we really appreciate your help there. Um, and as I said, that's how this topic came about for this week. So Wendy, as I said, you and Bobby, thank you, have presented this. Um, we appreciate that at the rendezvous a few times. So the mm -hmm. biggest question yep. I think a lot of people have is what to do with your home, which uh, loopers often call their dirt house. So talk about some of the options there, because there are a few and some of them, um, you know, there may be some details that people haven't thought about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think... Um, as, as always, the answer is it depends. Right. <laughs> um, so if, if no one um, is going to be there, you know, it's just going to sit there empty and you're in an area that people frequently visit, maybe it's, um, a big city like New York or Chicago area, 
maybe it's a college town, um, you know, and you have, you know, family visiting students or, you know, just have students that might want to be there for a short time period. Um, we've heard from a lot of people that you can rent it out and they have done that and it's been very successful using, for example, Airbnb or VRBO, sites like that. Um, we also know of some people, another family actually, uh, that lived in Canada and or live in Canada. And during their loop, they did a long-term lease, um, not necessarily in a popular destination, just someone needed a, a place to stay for a year. Um, and so, and I know other people have done that as well and rented it out to someone for a, you know, for a year time period, just a family or whatever that needed a, a place to stay. Um, the other option too is, you know, just it, part of the reason that you want to have people in it is just so things, don't, bad things don't happen. You know, you don't all of a sudden have this horrible leak and nobody's in and out of the house and the house floods or, you know, it does a lot of damage because nobody's been checking on it. So if you don't necessarily rent it out um, through one of those organizations or just on your own, then I definitely have somebody check on it, a family member, a trusted friend, maybe even a neighbor, just periodically kind of walk through, flush the toilets, check for water leaks. Um, you know, we, we live in Ohio, so that's obviously a place that freezes and gets very cold. So um, what I did, our parents live fairly close. And so last year, we didn't have anybody staying in the home at that time. And so I just kind of would keep an eye on the weather or, you know, you just see on Facebook and stuff, oh my gosh, it's, you know, freezing up here. And so I just called my mom and said, can you just go over and like turn the thermostat up a little bit uh, temporarily, just make sure the pipes don't freeze. Um, the very first year that we were looping, which was 2016 to 2017, um, it actually coincided with a dear friend of our family who was in medical school at the time, and he was transferring from one uh, school to a school in our area and was going to be uh, working at the Cleveland Clinic at the time, and he needed a place to stay. So it just worked out for us perfectly because it was helpful to him. He had a place to stay, and and we had somebody in our house, you know, flushing the toilets and all that kind of stuff, um, and just someone going in and out so it doesn't look like there's a vacant home sitting there. Right. Um, so that was super helpful the first year. And it, you know, it, it worked out for both of us. He had a free place to stay and we had the comfort of knowing that somebody was in the home. Um, and he did pay for the utilities as well. So that helped in addition. So there's lots of different options, but the biggest thing is just, I wouldn't let it sit completely empty with no one looking after it at all. Right. You know, I, I haven't known a whole lot of loopers who have done the short-term rentals, either through Airbnb or VRBO. But the ones that I have known have really had success with it. Um, and one in particular lived in, um, I think it was Baltimore, but, you know, kind of lived in a, a touristy area, had their home occupied through Airbnb renters enough of the time that it basically covered all of their dockage costs while on the It did. Lake. It was Pete. Yeah. So yeah. I, actually yeah. the one that I was thinking of was not Pete. Um, <laughs> so there's obviously there's okay. multiple people who have pulled that yeah. off and with the kind of, um, you know, a lot of those short-term rentals, the locks and things like that are all automated. So you can remotely just change the code, um, mm -hmm. and have a cleaning service come in and it's, you know, it's, um, people have had some success with that, not only 
having their house occupied so it doesn't sit vacant for a long period of time, but also actually generating some money from it, which is great. Um, yeah. And at least here in Charleston, the rental market has been very hot for a long time. So a longer term rental, you know, a year's lease um, it has been very attractive for people, not necessarily loopers that I know from Charleston, but others that I know from Charleston who are traveling for an extended period. And they've been... Um, it's been pretty easy for homes to be rented, it seems, and that seems to be the trend in most places. So I think there's some great options for loopers out there right now. Um, so, Wendy, the Wilson family chose not to sell their home, um, but some loopers yeah. do. Do you see that a lot where mm-hmm. people are what we call, you know, all in and have sold their dirt home and, you know, are, are proceeding from there with without one? Um, I would say, yeah. I I mean... I'm just thinking about the particular marina that we're in right now, and I would say probably half of the loopers here have no dirt home. So I I don't know if if it's that high across the board, but I would venture to say it's pretty high. I mean, higher than I would have thought when I first started looping. Um, I I will say, too, if you do keep a dirt home, you mentioned something that jogged my, my mind about this as well, is... You know, think about if you do a rental, and this is why we personally have not done a rental. Um, our, as you know, Kim, our youngest daughter has a lot of medical needs, and there is a high probability that we could have to go home at, in an emergency situation. Um, and we never wanted to have to deal with, gosh, now where are we going to stay because we've just rented our house out. But for a lot of people, it's, you know, the probability is low and it, it works out perfectly for them. But but you're right about segueing back to the, the dirt home. I, I think it's a lot that don't have higher than you would think that don't have a dirt home. Yeah, and I don't know the, I don't know the percentage either, but I would agree that it's higher than I would have thought. And that may not be the case when people are first leaving for the loop, but I think as they, they get out there and they're on the boat and realize how <laughs> comfortable they are and how much fun they're having, yeah. you know, I think we see a lot of people midway through the loop or when they're finished with the loop deciding to go all in on the boat. Yes. Um, you know what's interesting is you'll see, you'll see someone at a, at a rendezvous and then at the next rendezvous, you'll see them, or maybe even a year later, and one or the other of the of the couple, typically the wife, you know, is a little reluctant initially. And then you'll see them a year later, and she's like, "I don't want to go back home. I just want to sell our house and and just keep looping." So it's it's interesting how that happens. Yeah, and of course, if you've never done a long term, you know, a year lease or so on your home before. Um, there are rental companies that you can find to take care of that for you. Everything from finding and screening the renter um, to essentially acting as the landlord and taking care of the little things that might need repair over the course of the year. So it can be a very hands-off thing while you're looping. If you're just not sure you want to go all in, um, mm-hmm. rental certainly an option. So um, yep. you talked a little bit, Wendy, about if it's vacant, you know, if you don't plan to have somebody staying there on a regular basis, at least have somebody go in and check on things, flush the toilets, you know, just make sure the house is in good working order. Um, any thoughts on utilities? What do you do with the utilities when uh, when you're actually looping and not in the house? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, well, if you do have a renter, obviously, you know, they can cover the cost. Or in our case, the young man that stayed in our house, he did cover the utilities um, while he was living there. Um, so that can be a, um, a cost savings for you as well when you're looping because then you, know, you don't have to pay for those uh, while you're out. Um, but I would say also, and this is something we talk about in the, in the budgeting um, 
presentation. But one of the things that is going to happen is your home utilities and things that are associated with living at your house are really drastically reduced because no one's there. So, you know, if you're not there, you can turn off the television or direct TV or cable or whatever you have. Um, you could stop your trash service. Uh, the electricity and the, the water and the gas go down drastically. Um, one of the things that we did uh, actually prior to leaving for the loop is we signed up for auto pay. And so that was just one less thing that we had to think about um, when we left the, for the second loop. And that's been, let's see, we haven't had anybody in our home since 2017, I think. Yeah. So we just signed up for auto pay and we know that when we're not there, that everything is just drastically reduced. So for the auto pay, you're, you're paying your utilities through that. And is that automatically drafting from a bank account or goes to a credit card? Or is that something that people can choose depending on how they want to do it? Yep, you can choose. Uh, we have ours just auto-drafted out of our checking account. And I, I get an email. Um, you sign up for it on each individual website and, uh, you know, plug in where you want it to come from. If you want to use a card so you can get, you know, benefits or whatever using your card, you can do it that way. Um, and then I get an email saying your monthly bill is whatever, $23.70. Um, no need to take any action because it'll be auto-drafted on such and such date. And usually with most of the pages, you can actually pick the date that it comes out as well. So good to know, and, and that's a great way to handle those bills because you're certainly not going to be thinking about them while you're on the loop if you're not in the house using that electricity. So great way to right. handle that. Um, and other, another issue people wonder about is their car. Um, what are your thoughts on what to do with a car? And, and you have a, a specific recommendation on, on car insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously, just like your home, you can sell it or you can keep it. Um, Again, if you're going to keep it and leave it, there, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but if you're going to keep it and leave it at your dirt home, then I would, again, just like you're having somebody come over and check on your house, good idea to drive it periodically, make sure, you know, the tires are getting moved so they don't get worn in one spot, the brakes don't lake, um, lock up and things like that. Um, so just kind of take it for a drive every so often and tell someone where the keys are. Um you can also bring your car with you, which I know sounds like a nightmare, um, but there are people that do it and make it work. Um, we happen to have our car with us. However, we knew that we were going to sort of be stationary um, and just kind of make the marina where we're located right now, kind of make this our home base for this particular winter and just do side trips um, and explore areas that we haven't been able to get to on our previous years of looping. So we do have our car with us, but there are actually people that loop in, you know, a year or year and a half time period and kind of um, almost like hopscotch their car down, you know, rent a car and follow the car down to the next spot and then take the rental car back and then move the boat. So it is possible uh, to do that. Um, if you, which most people don't, if you don't have your car with you, we tried to save on our car insurance um, our first year just because we thought, well, this is silly to have our car insurance when our car is literally sitting either, you know, in our garage or in our driveway at home. 
However, we ran into a, a few little um, bumps in the road with that because some of the rental car places or even um, the courtesy cars that are available along the way at some of the different marinas require you to have your insurance. So in the long run, it wasn't worth it for us to keep calling and adding back. And then it, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it was more of a hassle than it was worth saving a few dollars. So our, our advice, of course, you can obviously, you know, do whatever you want, but for our instances, it was better for us just to keep our insurance. Um, And so that's what we've done ever since then. And I've heard other loopers mention that too, that um, even if you sell the car, I've heard some mention that there are types of automobile insurance that you can still get so that you're covered when you're renting a car or borrowing a courtesy car or whatever it might be. So I think that's mm-hmm. something that people might not really consider um, if they're they're selling their car or even if they're having it, you know, garaged and, and think that, oh, we'll just take the insurance off. Um, still having that can be very helpful if you're going to be driving a different car, regardless of where you're getting that. Um, And the idea of hopscotching, you know, I don't see it a lot, but the loopers who do it, um, they seem to tend to be people who are staying put in one place for an extended period of time. So whether it's like the Wilsons are in the Keys for the winter, or even, you know, somebody who may be spending the summer on the Chesapeake, because of the nature of the loop route, um, of course, depending on where your home is, um, Wendy, yours is kind of in the middle <laughs> of the route. So <laughs> getting the car to where you want it to be is really not that hard. And, you know, once it's in Florida for the winter, if you plan to meander up the East Coast and spend a few months in Charleston with us in the spring, it's really um, not a long drive to move the car. So you're right, Wendy, it does sound a little odd when people first suggest that. But there are several who make that work, um, particularly, yep. like I said, if you're spending an extended period of time or if you really like to explore um, when you're in a town, mm-hmm. having that car can certainly be helpful. Uh, let's take a quick yeah. break. And, and yeah, also, yeah. the, just a plug for the, you know, if you don't have your car with you and you're worried about exploring, you know, AGLCA does have the, um, the uh I just lost my train of thought. The code, you know, to oh, use for, for enterprise to get a rental discount. Car? Yes. Yeah, Members can get a, a 10% yep. discount on enterprise rental car. And if you go to the um, member benefits and then the discount page, you'll you'll find the code for that for when you're booking your rental car. So, yeah, that does help as well. Um, just a yep. quick break, and we'll play a message from one of our sponsors. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some of the other little details, um, like mail and medications and things like that for when you're looping. We'll be back in a moment. Green Turtle Bay Marina and Resort has consistently been voted a must-stop by loopers. It has earned the coveted five-anchor designation from Quimby's Cruising Guide. This full-service marina features over 450 slips. They are located at mile marker 31.5 on the scenic Cumberland River. Green Turtle Bay is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA, so join them and find your waterway of life. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Wendy Wilson, and she is helping us with some tips on how to handle all of those things you're leaving behind at home while you're on the loop. And even though I think most of us get much less important things through the physical mail than we used to, there are still some things that come through the mail or even packages that we may need while we're looping. So um, Dakota Post is one of the AGLCA sponsors that can handle that for you. and, and Wendy, I think you all use uh, St. Brandon's Isle, correct? We actually use my mom. 
There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom uh, is real close to our house. Um, and so she's the one checking on the cars and, you know, kind of walking through the house, flushing the toilets. And she also gathers our mail for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we'll talk about medications in a minute, but we get medications shipped. And so when we do that, she just puts all of our mail together. But you're right. It, there's It's pretty minimal especially when you do things like we talked about earlier with the auto pay mm-hmm. for, or, or even not even automatically coming out, but just in general online payments and paperless ways of paying your bills and things like that. The, the amount of mail is, is, is hard, is very minimal. Right. Just about every, every, just about every bill you have to pay, you can get by email at this point, I think, at least for, for most of mine. Um, but of course there's always some things and particularly this time of year with all kinds of tax statements coming in, uh, there will be times Mm -hmm. where things are shipped to your home address from people you would never even think to let know that you're on the loop. So, um, some of, as Wendy said, family is a great option or friends because it's not, it's minimal at this point, so it's not a huge, huge, hugely burdensome on them. I'm sorry, hugely burdensome on them. Um, but there are commercial mail services. I mentioned Dakota Post and St. Brendan's Isle. Um, these are services that you just change your, you put in a change of address card with the post office like you would if you were moving. And they give you their mm-hmm. street address with a box number. Um, lots of loopers use them. And basically they can scan the outside of those envelopes and send the images to you and you can tell them what to open, what to throw out, um, what to just forward on to you. And if they open some of that mail at your um, instruction, they can then scan what's inside for you. Um, Yeah, there's different uh, categories that you can, yeah, and there's different categories you can pay for if you, you know, if you want everything mailed, if you want them to open everything and um, different monthly packages. I will say this too, um, the Steins told me about a feature that's free through United States Postal Service that I wasn't aware of until just probably this past summer. And what you do is you go to uh, usps.gov, I believe it is, and you plug in your address and it asks you for a few uh, just items for confidentiality, making sure that you are actually the person at that residence. And you, they will do that as well. So now I get every single morning, it says these letters and or packages are being delivered to your home today. And it's a picture of the outside of the envelope. Um, and I, I mean, of course, I can't tell them to do anything with it. But at least if I'm waiting for something in the mail or I see something specific, uh, I can let my mom know, hey, this is coming today. Can you put that aside? I really need it. Right. And um, that is, I'm glad you brought that up because it is completely free and it really is a a good service. And I started Mm -hmm. getting that recently. And to be quite honest, I don't know why. (laughs) I don't recall signing (laughs) up for it, but I was mailing some packages through USPS.gov over the holidays. And I'm guessing there was a checkbox or something to to add that because Uh once you signed up to to send packages, they have your email address and everything. So I'm guessing that's why it started. Um, But you know, I'm going through my email and I'm going, oh, look at that. That's what mail is coming to my mailbox today. So um, it certainly can help, especially in these circumstances in today's world where we're not getting a whole lot of mail that might be important. Um, And if you have somebody that can grab the things that are important and send them, all the better. So um, any thoughts or any tips, Wendy, on residency for people maybe who are going all in? Um, I know you're not in that situation, so I don't know how much you have really investigated it, but any tips that you've heard along the way? 
Um, I do know, and I don't know if our sponsor uh, mail service does this as well, but I know that St. Brendan's Isle um, is very versed at this um, just because they've been doing it for a long time and all kinds of transient people use this service. But that can also um, help if you don't have a permanent residence to um, make that your permanent residence for everything, voting purposes and driver's license and um all you know, all of it. it. It's all encompassing. I know on the forum there's been some heated discussions about how well that works, um, and I can't speak from experience, but I do know that there are people that do that. There are, and it's of course important to most of us to maintain residency somewhere and to be able to exercise our right to vote. Um, so yes, those services can help you with that. Um, Dakota Post is is in North Dakota, uh, but they actually came from serving RVs, and it's basically the same mm-hmm. kind of lifestyle. Um, so they're yep. also very versed in it. Um, the the issues in Florida, Florida seems to, um, and they have so many transients coming through Florida by boat, by RV, um, it, and it seems like in the last few years there's been a little bit of an attempt to crack down on that, and there were some questions about whether um, people can vote, and that's been resolved, um, but there were some questions. I think St. Brendan's Isle actually has you know a, a physical address in addition to their office now that helps with that whole process, so I know they've got it down to a process. Mm-hmm. I also know Dakota Post. Um, you do need to spend one night in North Dakota to establish residency, um, but after that, apparently it's very simple there to do so. Um, so there are ways, ways to maintain, um, residency and that's also needed for banking. Um, since the Patriot Act, I know there's been some hoops to jump through for some of our members who didn't have a dirt home, um, for banking purposes. So before we run out of time, I do want to make sure we get to covering medications because I get asked that at almost every Looper lifestyle seminar we ever do. People are, you know, we're all at that age where we're taking lots of them. I know your family um, has had yeah. had to learn how to make sure you could get medications that are critical for Mia. Um, so tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about some advice on that topic. Sure, I, I'll I'll share briefly what we do. Although our case is probably a little unusual, um, just because Mia takes a lot of things that we can't get at like a Walgreens or something. So what we do is we've worked out with our pharmacy at home through the hospital there. Uh, she takes about 40 doses of medicine a day. So it's, it's a quite a big shipment every month. Um, they package everything. Um, I call in, you know, call the various doctors that need refills and whatnot. And then anything that needs refrigerated, they will uh, double pack in ice packs. And then a friend of ours from church in Ohio goes to the hospital picks everything up, and we uh, ship it through FedEx. So that's what we do. Again, most people don't necessarily need to do that. Um, What you can do is if you have a 90-day supply um, company, you can do that. And in theory, if you get your 90-day supply before you leave, then you would really only have to refill if you do, you know, a typical year loop. You'd only have to do that three times. which is a piece of cake through your mail order uh, service. And then you can either have it shipped to your regular address where they normally would ship it and have someone get it and send it to you. Or if you're having your mail forwarded, it would, of course, come to wherever you are. Or I believe um, most of the mail order places do have the, I think it's called like vacation option or something like that. And you can give them a separate address um, to send it to you. Harbor hosts are wonderful. We've had 
things shipped to harbor hosts in the past and they brought it right to the boat. Um, most marinas are wonderful. Just give them a heads up that you have a package coming and we've, we've never, I shouldn't say this because we're getting a shipment that's <laughs> getting shipped today, but we've never in nearly three and a half years or whatever it's been, never had an issue getting me as medications. Um, and of course, if it's, um, you know, a pretty standard medication that, and you don't have the mail order supply or you don't want to use that for whatever reason, uh, there are Rite Aids, Walgreens, Walmarts all over the place. Um, I promise you, if you've not started looping, you're not floating out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Every stop is close to something or the next stop will be. Um, So it's not hard at all to get medications. Yeah. So if you are doing it through one of the chains, you can have it filled anywhere um, at this point. Um, And, you know, just plan enough ahead that you'll be in a town that has one that's nearby. Uh, The one place Mm -hmm. that people have had a little bit more of a challenge if they haven't gone to the 90-day mail order is if they're planning to do Canada. And uh, so just check out your prescriptions before you go into Canada because it will be harder to get them filled there. So either make sure you have the 90-day or you're stocked up before you head into Canada. So that's just one thing to be aware of. And if you do have any um, special medical needs like the Wilsons do, you know, they, they work directly with their hospital on it. Talk to your providers because I usually have someone in the audience when we, this topic comes up that does have a, a specialized case and not being a medical practitioner, I don't know the answers for all of them, but I've never mm-hmm. heard of anybody that didn't do the loop because they couldn't find a way to get whatever that special medication was. So Wendy listed a Agreed. lot of resources to get stuff shipped, including medication. So that certainly is uh, helpful. I think we're going to hold it there because we've almost reached our, our 30 minutes that we shoot for. Um, I want to point out again, uh, we have opened up an email address, podcast at greatloop.org. We are very eager for you to suggest some topics you'd like to hear us cover because we can usually find a very willing gold looper like Wendy to help us with these, uh, but we do need some ideas for topics. We also want your questions, either general questions or questions as follow-ups for some of our past podcasts, and we can put those together and do some episodes that just cover answering your questions. So we're as I said, pretty eager to have you submit some suggestions and some feedback through there. Wendy, thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate that. And thanks for giving us all these tips to make the things we're leaving behind a little bit easier. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hugs to you and the girls and Bobby. And um, hopefully we'll see you in the Keys. I hope to w- work my way down there at least for a couple of days in February. So hopefully we'll see you then. Super. Sounds good. Thanks. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.